today's episode of Align with the Massage Business Mama was originally recorded for my membership site. We were joined by Crystal Bantle of Your Tech Fairy to discuss all things website. And in this podcast, you are going to hear outtakes from the interactive experience that my members got to experience within my group. Hope you enjoy. Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hard-working, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Uh, Crystal, I love your name. You're Tech Fairy. So tell us how you came up with that and what it is that you offer and who you are. For sure. Well, um, how I came up with the name Tech Fairy, honestly, I just did some polls online, which is uh, kind of a fun way to figure out what your audience likes and what resonates with them. But um, I was trying to come up with a way to really capture everything that I do um, in a way that would really bring that to mind when people hear the name. So that. Your tech fairy seemed to kind of do that exact thing. So that's how I came up with the name. But but as far as um, what I do and how I came up with what I do, that started way back. It started when I was a child, honestly, probably when I was six years old or something. I always tell the story of how I went outside and I would pick bouquets of wildflowers and I would stick them in mason jars and then I would line them up in the entrance. And anytime that we had visitors come over, um, I would ask them if they wanted to buy a bouquet of flowers. And that was at like, I don't know, six to eight years old, maybe oh, nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my dad was my role model. Um, he started a manufacturing business. So I guess entrepreneurial blood runs through my veins, I'm guessing. So, but that turned into a fascination for all things tech. My, my dad was always into computers and he always wanted the newest, you know, techie things. Um, so I kind of picked up on that, I think. And I began creating PowerPoints when I was 11. That was the only <laughs> visual graphic design type medium that I knew of. So I was making all the most fancy animated PowerPoints and uh, loved it. And then I remember this day when uh, my dad came home and told me about the internet that had come out. <laughs> I don't know if it actually came out then or if that's just when he kind of I don't know, learned about it or something. But anyways, he was very excited. And so I checked it out. Um, my dad was always into encyclopedias. And so this was essentially like an online encyclopedia. You could look up, you know, information and stuff on websites. And I have this innate need to go behind the scenes and figure out how something works and how to do it myself. And so I naturally needed to figure out how to make a website then. I didn't want to just be the one using the website. I wanted to be the one making it. And so... I remember being 11 years old and toying around and making my first website when I was 11. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> um, I don't think it looked amazing, <laughs> but it was a website and that's kind of where I started. So um, yeah, over the years, I have started a number of businesses. I've always loved business in every, in every sense, but it turns out I eventually figured out that it was, it was actually making the websites for my business 
that I enjoyed more than the business itself. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I decided to go into the world of web design and and helping people with any any part of the tech that's online that's often overwhelming for other people. But that for me is just my playground. I love love doing that stuff. So and so you you design websites and you also do website audits as well, correct? Yeah, exactly. So I'll just go in and comb through someone's website and just kind of see what's working and what isn't um, visually, especially, and the customer journey. You know, oftentimes people have a website built and and they feel like it doesn't really represent their business very well. Either things have changed since it was built or their original web designer maybe didn't have an understanding of what a customer journey should look like. Um, so I'll take a look at that. So, so I'll basically, I'll make sure that the thing that is your purpose for your website, that that actually gets accomplished. So if you want to have people um, join your email list as a result of being on your website, then, then I'm going to make sure that that's the first and foremost thing that happens when, when people, you know, land on your website. So, yeah, I call that my uh, website power hour since I decided that probably most people think audits sound scary. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> attainable and reachable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so websites, obviously they're, they're huge these days for business. You know, everyone probably needs a website. Yeah. I, I think there's also this idea, especially for massage therapists that we are simply brick and mortar businesses, but you have some ideas about how maybe we might scale and expand beyond just simple yeah, murder businesses. Yeah, I I really do believe that any business, even if you feel like you're a hundred percent brick and mortar, I do still think that you can that you can grow a following online and that that can help your business in one way or another. And in most cases, it can hugely help. So I think that marketing yourself online can take your traffic beyond foot traffic, like we like we talked about earlier. You know, people are on social media everywhere. People are still checking their emails when they're at work, stuff like that. So there's, there are different ways that, that any business, including massage therapists, can be going online and, and finding people who are interested in what they've got to offer. And it doesn't have to be only, only the actual massage therapy that they do. Your massage therapist, they can be teaching people tips and tricks for how to deal with this and that type of, you know, issue like in their, in their bones or in their muscles or ligaments or something, you know, if there are stretches or things that they can be doing to help, like there's, there's all this need for information. Like people will go online to look up, like, what do I do when my, you know, ankle is twisted or something like, you know, some kind of issue will come up and they'll Google it. And so it may as well be you that has written this little how-to article on, on what to do, right? So, so people are online looking for answers. And so I think that's an opportunity for us to put something out there and then people find you, people start thinking of you as an expert. And um, if they're in your area, they'll come to you for massages. Or if you've really expanded and started an online business where you're maybe actually teaching an online course that's surrounding, you know, maybe your favorite part of your massage therapy or wellness or something that's kind of in your, in your line of interest, um, you could create an online course around that. And then people can buy that from you. 
and you're still a massage therapist, you're still a brick and mortar, but you've now got, you know, an online business and that can bring you an additional income, which is very fun and also very useful for a lot of people. And Crystal, you shared with me before that you have a massage therapist up in Canada that you work with who you helped her create a website and then you also helped her create a membership site for people with various conditions or yeah, uh, how exactly did that work? Yeah, so I am actually still working with her. So I am working with a massage therapist here in Canada. Her name's Michelle. And so initially she just contacted me. She just wanted a website because she was just taking phone bookings. People would call her and that's how they would book their appointments with her. Um, So it's a fairly simple website. It's got an online booking calendar. Um, It's got, you know, her services listed. It's very straightforward. But she has this dream of expanding a little bit. And so she had a lot of questions for me that I was happy to be able to answer. So she has now decided to go forward with some online workshops, essentially. Um, So she'll be recording some videos. They won't be live workshops uh, at this point, but those eventually will be turning into, we haven't decided yet if it's going to be an online course or a membership. She's kind of still deciding that, but so, so we're just having her start sort of small with starting off with a few instructional videos that she'll be able to sell for specific issues that people have. And she'll list those on her website. And yeah, so we're really excited. She's actually in the process of buying equipment right now and, and we'll be getting going with that. So that's, yeah. I love planting these seeds because I think that so often we do get stuck in this, this mindset as a massage therapist that all of our work has to be done in person. And um, obviously, you know, the pandemic really changed a lot of that and opened a lot of eyes to other possibilities. But I still think that that's a common trap that limits us and limits our growth. And so I love just these seeds of ideas of how to expand and, and reach people in different ways and diversify your income. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think it can be very fulfilling to to have a few different ways that you're that you're pulling in an income. And maybe if you've got a few different ways that you're doing that, you'll eventually figure out what your favorite way is. It's fine to evolve a little. It's it's fine to not um, stay stuck um, doing only one thing, thinking that that's the only thing that you can do with your degree or certification or whatever you've got. I think that you can add spice to it and, and make it interesting for you and make it really fulfilling and still make use of the fact that you've, you know, you've got all the training to be a massage therapist, but you could, I don't know, just expand, you know, there's always room for expansion, I think. So let's talk about, so, you know, you're the, you're the website person. So say someone wants to expand in terms of websites, what's the best practice with that? Where, where do you steer people in terms of website design? I know that Oftentimes there's for massage therapists, there's a lot of plug and play sites. So when I first got started, I was using Vistaprint and it was super basic and it had huge limitations. And I see a lot of my students who use massage book and kind of the same thing. There's like limitations with it. So what is your recommendation as a website designer to overcome some of that or to mitigate it from being a problem in the first place? Yeah, the thing that I always recommend is WordPress. And I know that it can be a little bit formidable for some people, but I do think that WordPress is really worth it because it's so very customizable. And one of my one of the top frustrations um, that I hear about, and this was a frustration for myself too, with a plug and play, things like, you know, like massage book and then, you know, stuff like Wix or Weebly or 
um, some of the Squarespace and some of those that are very, very much advertised as user-friendly and you just plug and play, you just put in your, put in your business information and it'll, you know, spit out this website. Uh, but the problem with those is that they're, I feel like it essentially puts your business in a box and you can't really expand out of that box. You're meant to just, just conform to like what they have, like, you know, basically built for you in hopes that that'll be all you need. But oftentimes we grow and we evolve and we change and, and there's, there, there, there are things that we want to customize. And so uh, that's one huge thing that WordPress does not have that limitation. You can do literally anything with it. There's room for expansion and you can add to your business and that doesn't necessarily add to the price. Um, I know that with a lot of the plug and play website uh, builders, there is, you know, like there's a monthly cost and it goes up with, you know, each thing that you add, right? Like each feature that you need, the price goes up monthly. And so I kind of look at it as the difference between renting, renting an apartment versus, you know, owning a property and building a home on it. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't, you can't hang up pictures on the walls, you know, because you're not allowed to put a hole in the wall, right? Like it's, it's not your own place. And so you're having to just kind of make the space work for you, but you can't, you can't fix it up and do things that you actually want to it. So, whereas on WordPress, it's the sky's the limit. You can do anything with it. Um, so that's kind of one of the hugest things as far as just customization. That's one big one for me. What about uh, SEO? SEO Is it better for SEO purposes to be on WordPress than Massage Club? Yeah. For, yes, I would say pretty hugely. I mean, there's, if you Google, um, you know, is WordPress best for SEO, there are some people who will, you know, who will try to say that, oh, you know, it doesn't matter and stuff. It does though. And like Google, Google will rank websites based on different factors such as speed and, and like the keywords that you use, which is the, you know, the SEO, but Google will also rank the WordPress websites higher oftentimes. And most of the time, I think like from what I've been able to research and figure out, um, I think the reason that Google will rank WordPress higher is not because it's WordPress, but because WordPress sites tend to be lighter. So like if you use something like massage book, think of it like a big clunky box that's built to be what it's built to be. And it's filled with heavy code. I'm trying to make this in like as simple terms as possible. It's like a heavy box that has got all this like coding surround surrounding it to make it so that it'll be easy for the user to just plug a few things in so that makes it clunky makes it take longer to load so it's a slower website and therefore google will rank it lower um so seo and google rankings they're kind of hand in hand whereas a wordpress site is as long as you're not using like big clunky builders uh, and themes because in, in WordPress, you can also be buying themes. And for me, even those themes were very frustrating. Like they also are very limiting. Um, that makes it to be essentially the same as like what Squarespace or, or um, massage book would be. So yeah, with WordPress, you have the capability to actually make a site that's just lighter and will be ranking higher because it loads faster. And yeah. And there's all these um, like, plugins that you can use in WordPress that will make your SEO easier to, to make the way it should be like 
Yoast. Yoast is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Yoast will do that. So it'll point out. It'll point out like the weak points um, on each page and everything. Which some some of the page builders out there, you know, will have a little bit of that. But yeah, in general, it just seems like SEO is just better with WordPress. So. Yeah. So I know there's there's a lot of frustration in my community with trying to figure out WordPress. How what what do you say to people who say, yeah, okay, great, it's not as clunky, it might load faster, the SEO might be better, I can customize it, but like, how do I even get started? Because this is this is so beyond me. Yeah, if it's frustrating, it's frustrating. So I like just going in there and figuring it out, but I know that not everyone does. So I'm actually thinking of making a course for that just to help people to just make their own website. But also at the same time, with WordPress, it's also very easy to find um, web designers that will do that for you. And then you've got something that you can work with. Now, I know that some web designers don't really teach their clients how to maintain it themselves after. And that's something that I do is I, I always like make sure that they, you know, that my clients know how to keep running with it, that they know how to update it. They know everything they need to know to be able to run with it on their own. Yeah. Um, but it really, honestly, I think it just takes a little bold step to just be okay with trying something new. Yeah. And and then when you have questions, if you can have someone that you trust that you can just ask questions, that's how I learn things. Like I've learned everything I know essentially by experimentation. I mean, I started when I was eleven. I didn't have anyone that, that the stakes, knew anything. The but, pretty low then too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that has obviously you know gotten better over the years. But even in the last few years, when I was trying to figure out like email platforms, I still chose something that I knew I had someone I could ask questions of if I got stuck. I think that is important for people who feel overwhelmed with tech that they know someone um, that they can ask questions because when you when you know someone you can ask questions of, then you know nothing is nothing's too huge, right? So other than me going in and just, you know, building a site in front of you and showing you how to do it, it's, it's hard to just, you know, give you some steps out of the air of like, this is how to do it easily. I, I think that the first step is really just the, the mindset of like, oh, s- stuff is too hard. Like the tech is too hard. If it's too hard, then, then either you need to just open your, your mindset to just trying something new and being willing to, to just have a little learning curve at first to try something new, or you can hire someone, which is, you know, there, that's why there are people to, to do that, right? Like you, you as a massage therapist, you took training to, to massage people and people that are unlicensed shouldn't be doing it. Right. So in the same way, there are people like me that, you know, are web designers and, and, and know how to, how to make a site for you. I know for me, um, the first WordPress site that I had, it was kind of similar to what you're saying, where I had someone kind of set it up for me and they sat me down and they walked me through all of the behind the scenes stuff. So I had a general picture of how everything worked. And, you know, it was pretty basic at that point. But then, you know, years later, I was able to create a whole WordPress site from scratch, Mm -hmm. just having some pretty basic knowledge. And then Google, I think, also is such a good tool. You know, you can type in anything. How do you do this in WordPress? And yeah, totally. Yeah, and even, or or YouTube. Like, if you need a video uh, walkthrough, how do you do this exact thing? Like, you can get pretty specific. Like, how do I make this 
button, do this type of thing or, or whatever. I know that Googling and YouTube, those can also feel confusing because you're having to like piece everything together. So and so, sometimes the terminology too, like you don't even know the terminology to use to find yeah. the answer to the question you have. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I mean, I've done this a lot, like where I, what did I call it? I, I've now merged it into a different name, but like I called it website DIY training. And it was just like, I would do for a 90 minute call and I'll just go through your website and just teach you how to use it, which I still do that, but it's just kind of under my general business strategy session. It's the same price anyway, but yeah, like I'll do that. Like I'll just sit there and train someone how to actually use their website. I love that. I think that that is something that probably could really benefit a lot of my audience where it's just yeah. so intimidating. You just, you don't even know where to start. Yeah, it really can be. And it's, and it's definitely helped a lot for my clients to just learn those steps and the basics for your website. Yeah. So Crystal, you had a few websites that you were going to maybe share with us and kind of show. Yeah. Show some thoughts that you have based around the websites would you be willing yeah. to do that for i would love to yeah let me just um open this up okay let me share my screen so obviously we can't see the screen that crystal is sharing with us but i have pulled out a few of the highlights of what she talks about and again inside the membership you can see all of the screens that she's sharing and all of the info that she has to give us I personally don't love dark backgrounds, but I mean, they kind of made it work for them. Um, I'm more of a... I just had that thought too. I'm like, it's a little dark for my personal personal preference, but... Yeah, it's probably personal preference, but I'm very much a light and airy type person. So I've never made a website that's got a dark background, actually. I think it's pretty universal that light is better. It's just, it's a little easier on the eyes. And even if you're, if you're aware of like disabilities and stuff, it's just, it's, I think it's better for all, for all audiences if it's very easy on the eyes and easy to read and everything. So do you think that light and airy look is just a trend? If it is, I hope it's here to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like in years ago, I feel like it was way more popular to do dark or very crazy colored backgrounds and everything but those just really are not as easy on the eyes and they're not if someone were to go to graphic design school they would learn to not do that because in like color theory and psychology of marketing and everything those just are not as effective they don't feel as professional and they don't feel as inviting and warm and welcome Um, so just because of the psychology of it even I would say it needs to be a lighter uh, website of course preference can play into it and everything but I mean that's just going to be my professional opinion that I am deciding to stick with (laughs) (laughs) Um, so maybe it's maybe it's a bit of a trend but it it better be here to stay because psychology wise I, I think it is it's a whole lot better yeah next crystal shows us about the importance of the top right corner So this website has a clear call to action at the top right corner and another in the middle of the page. I really like this one because this is what I will oftentimes do is I'll have a button at the top right corner and in the middle because depending on where the eye goes, normally the eye goes immediately to the top right corner. That's like your prime real estate, I would say. Like if you follow um, Donald Miller and his story brand, that formula or that framework, he always says something needs to be in the top right corner 
before we start scrolling, this whole section that we see in the beginning is always called the above the fold section. You want people to know what you are or what you're here for before they ever start scrolling. Next, Crystal shares some of her thoughts about testimonials. Now, one thing I will say, this is a scrolling testimonial thing. I don't like scrolling ones as much. And that's something that I learned from Donald Miller as well. Um, because people won't always take time to sit and, you know, press this arrow. Um, but it, so looks, it looks like Crystal, it looks like that's just maybe a plugin that someone that they inserted power. It says powered by one local. So it just pulls directly from mm-hmm. Google reviews. Yeah, it does. And that's probably something that you can, like this plugin may not have the um, customization or they might like some, some plugins will, you'll be able to choose um, how you want it to be laid out or whatever. Um, but yeah, you're right. If it, if it is a plugin, it'll just do what it's you know made to do. If I were to pull these reviews, um, like either by taking a screenshot and then posting them in, in my website um, or just copy and paste it over, um, then I would choose to do them not as a carousel, but you, I mean, can, you can have, you can have some carousels, but like but to have a few, like, so that scrolling will get them more. It's interesting though, you know, the, the testimonials, it is nice to have some type of a plugin like this where you don't have to necessarily be updating it where mm-hmm. as you get more testimonials, they just automatically appear on your website. Yeah, it's very useful. It's very useful. And there's multiple plugins for that. And there's plugins like that for social media too. Like for example, if you're active on Instagram or something, there's a plugin that you can just pull in and it'll just constantly be updating from your Instagram posts too. Yeah. And here we are at the bottom. And once again, they've reminded us they want us to schedule an appointment. So this one is a very good example of a great, great website that kind of does its job exactly the way it's supposed to. Next, we learn about the pitfalls of using a template website builder. So they've got this nice announcement bar. You know, it stands out nicely because of the color. Although Um, it does cover whatever is in the top right uh, corner. Yeah, so it's not formatted right. This kind of tells me that this is a template website. Like we talked about, it's hard to customize. And what they've done is they've found a plugin somewhere that was for an announcement bar. So now they've put in an announcement bar, but it's now just covering the top piece of their website. So it's not, it's not working together. Uh-huh. So that is, that's the type of thing that I would go in and fix. I have a question here. They say book online and above they said book now. What are your thoughts about changing that verbiage? Do you think it should be consistent verbiage throughout your entire website? Or do you think it's okay to change that verbiage? Do you have an opinion about that? Um, I, I have a bit of a both. I can kind of see both. I don't like book now and book online. That, that should be consistent, I think. Sometimes having different verbiage when it's very different, where it can kind of appeal to them in a different way or with a different emotion or something, I feel like that's, that's fine. And that can be a good way to be, that can be intentionally inconsistent. But um, to say book now and then later to say book online, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right to me. Have an aversion to it too. Like it just. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you feel like, Hey, wait, what's different? Like, so is there something different between booking now versus if we wanted to book online, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of what it comes across as that I would for sure keep consistent. And there they've got book now here. They've got buy now. 
Okay, buy now makes sense though because it's a gift certificate. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I would often do is it's actually fine to have a longer button. Like it would be fine to say buy gift certificates here because that makes it clear. Yeah, it's very clear what you would do there. Yeah. And here, like I would say sign up for for the wellness class because people want to kind of know exactly what's happening if they're clicking a link because everybody kind of knows that links can be sketchy, you know? So it's good to know exactly what's going to happen when you click something. So these are templates or, you know, things that people DIY'd and, and it's okay to, to start wherever you need to start. But I just, I think that, well, and also if, if people are having a lot of foot traffic, it maybe feels to them like it doesn't matter what their website looks like because they're getting clients anyway. Uh, but if they're wanting to have an online presence, then I think it's important to have a good online presence. When people land on your website, they've got only, I can't remember what the statistic is, but you've got, I don't know what, the, within the first three seconds or six seconds to make that first impression. And they're just going to bounce off the page. Do you think that it's it's like that first impression is about how the website makes you feel? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And this one, this one makes me kind of feel like, like the room would maybe smell must- musty or something. It's like decorating your room nicely or your living room. Like when, when guests come over or something, you kind of tidy up the place or, you know, in your massage uh, room, you're, you kind of want to make it inviting in there. Like you have your candles or your oils or, you know, the nice, you know, decor on the walls. Like you kind of set it up nicely so that people feel like this is an inviting, warm, good place to be. That's kind of your job to do that on your website too. Like your website needs to also feel inviting or else people will bounce away and feel like this place doesn't, doesn't seem like they'd be very professional. Yeah. So Crystal, do you have any advice if someone were to want to hire a designer themselves? Um, do, do they need to be someone local or, or what, what kind of advice do you have for people? It is fine to hire someone that's not local to you. It's, I think that the most important thing is the connection um, and someone that you decide that you like and that you trust. To me, to me, that connection is far greater in importance, I guess, than just someone that's local to me. Just because someone being local to you doesn't mean that their style matches yours or it doesn't mean that they understand like what your needs are specifically um, they may not understand, like there's a lot of different things that that are important that some web designers don't understand is important. Uh, for example, that customer journey that is so important to me. There are website designers out there who they're there to just get your money and they'll make you a website, but it doesn't actually end up functioning as one of your salespeople. Like your website should be like your best employee. It should It should be, you know, there making sales. When people come looking for a massage therapist, you want them to be buying from you. Some web designers just don't understand that. I also think that it's super important when you're looking for someone to find someone who's willing to teach you. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're able to empower you beyond your journey together mm-hmm. so that you can continue to be knowledgeable enough to not have to contact the designer every time something small changes in your business and you want it to be reflected on your website. Totally. That's one of the that's one of the biggest complaints, honestly, that I hear. And most of my clients that I've worked with, they have had web designers in the past, 
And the reason that they're hiring me is because they don't know how to deal with their current site because they don't know how to do anything with it. Um, yeah. So then I remake it and then I tell them how to run with it. If they want to, like if, if you don't want to, some people want me to just do everything and to do all the updates and everything, and that's fine. But I definitely like make sure that when I finish the site, then I like I'll record like a screen share video and I'll show you like, so this is how you edit this. This is how you edit this. If you want to change out this picture, this is how you do that um, and stuff like that. So I try to make, I think, I think that's so huge because Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing how quickly the little things change, especially when you're in the beginning stages of business and you're still trying to tweak things and figure (laughs) things out. So. Yeah, and you might like rewrite one paragraph like over and over every week. You've got a better idea for how to write this or something. Like it's just you don't want to have to always be paying someone to swap out this, you know, a better word somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> or ever if you don't want to. Um, but this could be very helpful. So I've got a free resource to start you off um, with brainstorming uh, ways that you could start growing an online following. So it's called How to Grow an Online Following as a Massage Therapist. And you can find it at crystalbantel.com slash 30 ways. And I'll spell that out. So crystal is C-R-Y-S-T-A-L. And my last name is Bantel, B-A-N-T-E-L.com slash and then three zero ways. So it's 30 ways to start showing up online. Um, and that'll that'll put you on my email list, and that means you can, you know, email me anytime. Which my email address is techfairy at crystalbantel.com. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for giving us your time today and sharing your knowledge. That was fun. <laughs> hey, massage therapists, it's Allie here. Did you know that I have a membership site? That's right, a place to come and experience support and encouragement as you grow your massage business. Whatever stage of growth you're in, I've got something for you. And I'd love for you to check it out. From challenges with prizes to guest presenters and book reviews, this group is off the hook. Learning doesn't happen in a vacuum. To join the group, go to themassagebusinessmama.com forward slash membership. At checkout, use discount code PODCAST to receive one free month. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.